Welcome back to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Travis Jones. I'm here with Jason Barrett, where we help dads with all things fitness, mindset, relationships, and help them become the best version of themselves. Jay, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. I'm feeling like the best version of myself right now. Uh, ran, uh, I was going to go for a run yesterday, but we're currently going through a heat wave in WA and it's uh, 39 to 41 degrees over the next three days. I didn't particularly want to dive heat strokes, so I did 5Ks on a treadmill um, at a slightly faster pace than I normally would. But like, is treadmill running, and I'm, I'm just asking you a question here, let's, let's get into it right off the bat. Is treadmill running easier than uh, running on pavement? It definitely is, um, and okay. I, I think it depends on the treadmill you're less using. Less hills. But yeah, there's less hills, and I think the biggest thing what you're looking at is the belt's moving underneath you rather than you're going over the ground, which is why I like the curved treadmills mm. personally because it's self-powered, so you're still generating the force. One is more glute engagement, more mimics the running style of you actually being outside, mm. and it's self-powered, Whereas like you can chuck the treadmill on 10Ks now and it's just going to pull underneath you and you just have to lift your legs. So it's much more quad dominant. So mm. I think it changes the mechanics of running. Um, but anyone out there using a treadmill, you know, you do what you've got to do with inside the constraints you have. So is treadmill running less optimal than outside or using the like an assault runner, which is like a curved treadmill? Yeah, like I'd always opt for outside, then I'd go for curved, then I'd go for treadmill running. But I was also opt for treadmill running over sitting on your fucking ass on the couch saying, oh, I can't run outside, so I'm just going to not do anything. So I, I think what we have to look at is always our constraints. And then we have to go, what's most optimal for me right now, given my constraints to actually um, push to become the best version of me. I think that's the biggest thing we have to look at. Hmm. 100%, 100%. I think, uh, yeah, my constraints were 38 degrees. Uh, I still sweated my ass off regardless of the fact that I was in an air-conditioned gym. Trav uh, has forgotten what 38 degrees is. I think 28 degrees is the same sort of equivalent if I'm speaking Tasmanian for you. Um, I agree. I think the biggest thing for us is operating within our constraints and as dads, one of the big uh, blessings slash constraints that we have around time is our family and our kids, right? It's a big one. Um, the second big one that we, uh, that we tend to have and a lot of dads do have is travel, uh, whether it's for work or for holidays. And those are the two big things that we're going to be covering today in terms of balancing your life, in terms of your fitness, your work, your relationships with both your partner and your kids and trying to find like, how do we do this without either becoming a pariah who fucking brings chicken breast and broccoli to everything and everywhere they go. And if the place you're staying doesn't have a kitchenette, then you throw in the towel. Um, and, you know, if your kids want to play with you, you, you either ignore them and don't do it because you're like, I've got to go do my, my dungeon gym workout or you leave your, uh, your workout and you just go play with them and you don't do any, um, any training. You've got to find that balance and the balance is going to be individual for everyone, but we're going to share a bit about how you can get the kids involved, obviously at different ages and different times for them, um, but also, and also how you can deal with either whether it's holidays or whether it's traveling for work, balancing your lifestyle around your fitness as well. Exactly. The younger the child, the easier they are to use as a dumbbell. And as they grow, then they can start to train with you. I think that's how you mm -hmm. balance it as they age. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a, um, a thing I did with Amy the other day where she was helping me with the washing and then she likes to, she's, um, she's like 15 months now. She wants to get in the basket. So pick her up and put her in the basket and I make car noises. And I, for, I think I put it on the story the other day. It was like, uh, for about 20 minutes, I just had to keep walking up and down the hallway of our house, holding her in like a 90 degree bicep curl, isometric. Um, sometimes I would sort of put her in like a little rack position at the front in the washing basket, making car noises, just walking up and down with a, a 10 kilo uh, weight out in front of me. So um, if you're ever struggling for a way to involve your kids, chuck them in a washing basket. I don't care if they're 15, put them in a washing basket, see if it can hold it up, <laughs> carry them around the house. It's a, it was a bloody workout, I'll tell you that. Oh, mate. And um, what's happening for me for last week? Oh, January's done. I ran over 315Ks in Jan, um, which was a great nice. month. Did my workouts, yeah, and did a video every day. And I, I wanted to do that. So, like, a lot of good things happened in Jan, guys. Ran four half marathons. Um, and uh, So, you ran internet... two marathons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and my dog ate both my Starlink and my Telstra cable for my internet. So, I'm currently on a hot spot whilst they both get repaired um, as we speak. So puppies going through chewing phases, uh, the most fun times. Um, but that's all about being a dad and sometimes working from home um, with the Fit Dads mm. Club. But guys, today, like as Jay said, we're talking about, you know, how to involve your family, how to keep your fitness 
um, and life and family balance and also how to keep that on track when we have kids. And I think there's a couple of things, you know, it's different ages equals different focuses. Like my boys are, are six and nine, soon to be seven and 10. Um, and for us, we look at, you know, things that they enjoy and then I focus on doing some of my training around that. So the boys both like running, um, you know, park running is definitely a great community um, involvement that we focus on. So every single fr uh, Saturday morning, we do a five kilometers as a family. Jax is pretty fast. He'll run a you know, 23 minute, 22 minute um, 5K. So I make sure that I work on my health and fitness as far as my cardiovascular so I can stay up with him and be in front of him and pace him. Because that means like I'm leading from the front and he loves it because he's getting better and better following me. Now, if you're not faster than your kids right now, like do it together and just get it done. You know, Finn runs with Liv and you know, in the next couple of years, he'll be running with me as well. But we have it as a family focus. The kids love park run after like, you know, 15 or 25 park runs, they get a shirt they can buy, then they got a 50 shirt. It's like, it's a bit of like merch saying, yes, I did this and they feel great about it. They get their times every single week with their barcode. So they feel like they're improving as well, um, which is fantastic. And you can see you're improving. So I think like that's for me, my Saturdays and every Sunday, the boys know I train, the boys know I do, do gym right? And they lift heavy stuff and they're super proud that dad is strong. Um, and every Sunday we train together. So they said, you know, we, we, I get them in the gym with me. We train together, obviously a modified workout. We do a little bit of push-ups, a little bit of sit-ups. We do some like chest presses. They use their dumbbells. We do some like pulling workout, pulling stuff just with body weight. Um, we do some sit-ups and I do it in a circuit. And I, I think the biggest thing is like, you have to, when we're looking at kids this young, it's doing some stuff that they don't get bored of that you're not gonna do some grueling workout, obviously, mm. um, and you're moving between the movements quite fast so they don't get distracted as well. So we just do like an EMOM. Um, it's like we go 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. We keep it about 24 minutes. We have a cardio-based exercise like step-ups or bench hops, and then we do two sort of strength ones so I don't burn them out, like some push-ups and some sit-ups. And if I do that for about 24 minutes, they absolutely love it right they feel like they're training they, they like pose in the gym they like do their biceps like um show me their biceps and they feel like the the bicep curls or the pull-ups um the body rows are, are growing their arms and they think it's amazing um and they want to be they're like i want to be strong when i grow up like dad and, and i think for us it it creates this bond we know on saturdays we do you know the park run we know on sundays we train together just the boys train together and it's something i'm trying to foster and want to foster so you know when they're six and nine when they're 16 and 19 hopefully like you know i'm 49 then um but hopefully i'm cool enough that i can still you know throw some weights around with my boys and have this sort of thing that we have together where we can share and we can we we have like this moment which is training's our thing which is health and fitness and i can foster that inside their life and make it enjoyable um and not some kind of oh you gotta train because you're overweight mate but like it's something that they just love because they've loved it for their whole life mm, yeah i think um like from the what for like from hearing that i think the biggest things are like fun right things like monkey bars as well if you've got the capacity for that and like hangs and moving like think about the stuff that you do on the playground for a lot of the kids and you just incorporate that and you just do that with a lot more intensity right like uh, a lot i know a lot of adults who could probably couldn't do the monkey bars these days um yeah. doing that kind of stuff doing the bench hops jumping up and down like all of that kind of you know fun stuff like box jumps if they're like you know make sure you use a soft box probably um as as i think there's probably two two big factors here obviously as your kids get older and they see you doing it more they just want to get involved with you um, and as well there's probably a bit more of a tendency for uh you know boys to want to get involved obviously with dad because there's a little bit more of that sort of male to male connection and you know oh, dad's doing cool stuff that i'm like i am like dad because i'm also a male so i'm you know that's not exactly their thought process but it's kind of going on um so there's and there's but there's no reason you can't do this with girls as well it's like you can't like girls can also be strong and it's not just about yeah. like especially if they're asked to be involved involve them in in any capacity that you can whether it's as um you know with with my daughter it's basically like if you're going to she, she doesn't really understand this stuff yet but using her as a weight as Trav was saying like bending over picking her up and pushing her overhead doing like a, a little a little thruster right and just like you're doing like a, a freaking clean and clean basically um with her, with a 15 month old um but when they're younger it's legit just like running around with them getting down on the ground doing like fun games like doing the um 
uh, stuff like the the like surf life saving test they do where you're sort of like running on the on like the sand or the grass and you got to like grab one of the um like one of the little hoses out of the ground or something like that just like little games like that that you can just play around them and when you know my daughter's age she's just running around giggling dad gets on the ground she'll like grab onto me and then we'll just kind of run around like all of that sort of stuff is involving the kids in fitness. Fitness doesn't necessarily have to be, especially when they're young. It's not going to be with dumbbells and doing all that kind of stuff necessarily, but you can either use them as the weight when they're a bit younger or you use them for more of your cardio-based stuff and you you have the intention to like, all right, we're going to do, you know, um, sprints up and back and we're going to see who's the fastest runner and then like, you know, whoever's the loser, I've got to chase you. You got to make it fun. You've got to involve them in some capacity. As they get older, the, the bigger thing, rather than trying to involve them, is as Travis is doing, just leading by example, and they'll want to get involved. So um, I think don't try too hard. Don't try to force it on them as well, especially if they're um, if they're getting to that age where they're starting to be a bit more conscious of their body and they're starting to want to change that kind of stuff because you don't want to foster any of that. You don't want to kind of um, be like, oh, yeah, no, I've got to do it because I'm overweight. I've got to do it because you know, I eat too much, got to burn off the calories. Like You don't want to have that sort of rhetoric going on for them. Um, so, and this is the biggest reason why we have this club and why a lot of guys actually do jump on board with us is because they want to lead by example. They want to be that role model because that's the most powerful thing that you can do is to be the role model, is to be the person. Like I want, um, my wife told me last night, so Emmy um, was stayed up past her bedtime by about an hour and a half. Uh, just She just was not ready to go down. She's, you know, every time she went to go down, she was like, ah, hi, hi. No, it's like, you're not going down. Um, she she went out the front and was doing like legit running, like laps around the block in her little Crocs, like toddling along. Um, and her, my wife was like, oh, it's because she, she knows that dad's a runner and dad does running. So she's, she wants to run around. I'm like, I oh, know that's obviously just, you know, stroking my ego a little bit, but that's that is the kind of thing that if you continue to set that example from a young age they'll see that and then that'll just kind of be normal but mate it's so true i think like we we underestimate it so much your activity and how much it's never what you do it's never Mm. what you say but it's always what you do and i think you know i've got photos and videos of jacks coming into the gym with me when he was like two and three years old and i was like laying over the bench doing some like pen labor, mm. like some bent over rows and you know he'd ask for one kilo dumbbells and he would pretend to do them as well like he's been in an environment where he loves fitness from such a young age he's wanted to run we play the games like you just said then you know i have the ability to be able to run around with him you know like it, that's what you want like you want to like make the the chasey the runs the get to 10 trees the the things where they love when they're young but also they're, you're not, you're, they're not thinking, oh, this is health and fitness, but they're actively implanting in their mind, I enjoy being active. And I, I think as you can continue to develop that, they'll love it more and more for the rest of their life because there's a reason why there's, you know, if you have two overweight or obese parents, the, the kids, I think it's like 40% more likely to be overweight or obese is because they follow in their parents' footsteps. It's not like you very rarely see like a, a parent who love two parents who love like going to the gym, active, healthy with overweight kids. Like it just doesn't because environment matters most. And if you want your kids to have mm. the best chances in life for them with their self-confidence, with their health, not having health related issues um, from, you know, nutrition and, and training standpoint, then it comes from you. To, to set the example from day one, I mm. think, you know, it, it's again, it is doing the runs. It's like if they can run a kilometer, like run a kilometer with them. Like Jax, again, I think we said last year on the, the podcast, like he wanted me, there was a, a dad and, or there was a parents and kids race at his school. He's like, I want dad to come. Like the, you want your kids to be proud of you. So like they, if they're proud of you and they're mm. proud of what you do, then you inspire them and they aspire to be like you. And as long as like you're not you know smoking crack and they're inspiring aspiring to be that and you're actually doing positive things like you you want them to aspire to do these healthy habits guys like I, I think the bit that's the biggest thing like and that's the norm they don't understand anything else it's like you know we 
the, the best way to learn a language is to move to the country that speaks the language. If I want to learn um, how to speak Spanish, I'd go to Spain, right? And I would then be there, I'd be immersed in the culture and I'd learn it faster. The best way for your kids to learn healthy habits is to be immersed in the culture of healthy habits and they've learned that language of nutrition and training and mindset and positive self-talk and having a strong self-identity and self-worth. And you do that by having it at home, by, by having conviction, by doing what you said you're going to do, having self-respect, uh, by following through with your word. And I think it's, it's so important as a model to, for them to model success or models to healthy habits for you to have those. And it's all about creating an environment that's safe for them. It's not that you're pushing them. You're not trying to live your, your um, dreams through your kids now. That's not it at all. Um, but it's supporting and nurturing them, but also telling them um, when they are being a bit soft as well as the kids get older. Don't start pushing Amy around telling her she's soft. Uh, but as they get older, you can tell them they can go <laughs> Well, I mean, harder. she is. She's soft and squidgy and I love her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, this, yeah. It does remind me though... Um, I was going to say the one of the big things as well as they get older is sport, right? Like you've got, I know Jax does soccer. Um, the, I think one of the big things is helping them find a sport. And this is kind of a, a thing that my wife and I have discussed is helping them find a, a summer sport and a winter sport that they like to do. Uh, if, you know, if, there's, if there is seasons to it, hopefully probably, uh, you know, shame for everyone else out there who likes it, but probably not cricket. I don't want to spend my Saturdays <laughs> sitting in a field for eight hours while, you know, my, while my kids just stand in the outfield. Um, but if you have a sport, um, either you play sport with them, right? Like you might kick the footy around. You might, um, for me, a big one was tennis. I really enjoyed playing tennis when I was younger. So whenever we went up to um, to visit my grand, we'd go to the local tennis courts. We'd always have a hit. Um, and that was just something that we always did. And it was something that I really enjoyed. And I think that if you've got kids that are really in either interested in sports, play it with them, try it out. And then that becomes like, instead of the, oh, we're doing a park run or a 5K, it's like, no, we're working on your fitness for tennis, right? Or you're working on your fitness for your soccer or your footy or whatever. And then it's like, oh, okay, I've got... Now they've got, especially as they get older, they've got reasons why they're doing it. It's not just, oh, I'm fit for the sake of fitness. And like, you know, it's great if you have a kid that, you know, ends up like Jackson, like, oh, I want to, you know, beat my PBs and just get a fast 5K time, you know, for the sake of getting a fast 5K time and being fitter. Like there's obviously translation to, to soccer and stuff there too. Um, yeah, you want, you want to have someone who's competitive, but helping them see how does this translate to other things that I enjoy doing and want to do. It's like, hey, you know, if we do push-ups, this is going to make you better at footy. You're going to be able to, you know, um, get people out of the way easier and mark the ball and that kind of stuff. And then like, then just playing sport and playing that stuff with them, having a kick to kick, even if it's not a sport that they play, like the, the sport and the, the game aspect of what you do is vital. And it's, it's such a big part of helping them have you know more fun while they do it, but also be like, yeah, this isn't just, I'm not doing this as punishment or just because I'm exercising for the sake of exercise. I'm having fun. I have fun when I'm physically active. I enjoy the feeling of being exhausted after a big game or a big run. Um, those are the, the the little through lines that will uh, stay with them into adulthood. So no, no, I feel good when I do these things. Oh, mate, I completely agree. And we've had those conversations with Jax now. He's a bit older as well. It's like, you know, you want to be fast and you want to be cardiovascularly fit. And parkrun helps with the soccer. And he get, because he has a deeper why now, he loves it even more. And he's more dedicated to it. Um, there's days he doesn't want to do it. And, and there definitely is. And like I'm under the... I'm under the belief that we need to build resilience and grit inside our kids. And I'm like, man, like if you don't want to do it, we still do it. We don't have to do it fast every single time. We don't have to try and beat personal bests. But if we say we're going to do something, then we show up. And if we go slow, we go a little bit longer. And we'll do like eight Ks together. And we'll just jog and we'll have a chat and enjoy it. But if we're, we're showing up either way, because we're, we're not the type of people that says, yeah, don't feel like it today, so I'm not going to show up. Now, again, there's limits to this, guys. I'm not taking my kid out in a, in a lightning storm, making him run five kilometers, chasing him with a stick. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not crazy. Um, but I am under the, the a belief that there's going to be hard times in my child's life and he's not going to want to do things and he's going to have to do them. And there's going to be so many imprints subconsciously in his brain where he didn't want to do something. He then did it. And it wasn't all this terrifying, horrible experience that he thought it was going to be. He got it done. He felt better for doing it. And I think if we can, again, ingrain that into our children, 
yeah, there's going to be stuff you're not going to want to do at times. It's not 100% of the time you're going to want to run, but you're doing this because you want to be better at soccer. Um, so we just show up and we do it. We have a chat. And then those consistency, the little dot points, they all count to who they are as a person, the gritty, resilient little person that, you know, don't want to do this studying for the test, but they do it anyway because they, they know they do the hard things even if they don't want to. And I, I think that is another crucial thing of why to involve your kids in fitness because it is hard at time. Like I remember growing up doing surf club on the weekend and, you know, you're doing your swimming for your bronze or waking up when I was in primary school at 5 a.m. and doing my, you know, uh, swimming lessons or like, you know, doing before school. Like I remember all that sort of stuff and I think, you know, the, the solo sports and the team sports combined together, they create a whole rounded person, they create discipline, they create a bit of resilience, they create competition in a healthy way, a lot of the times, sometimes unhealthy, um, but they also help you feel accomplished, like you're progressing. And, you know, I think that's also important for kids as well. Now, there is kids out there that might be not be healthy right now, right? And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, like I've tried to change my life, but my prior habits weren't the best of my family. And because my prior habits weren't the best of my family, my kids have adopted poor habits. And I, I do understand that. And you, you're trying to think, and I've seen both positive and negative ways of doing this. I've been coaching for a long time. Some of my guys have tried to like, oh, like take all the food out of the house and start like trying to make their kids just eat chicken and broccoli. Like that's not as basic because you're overweight. Now these kids are self-conscious, right? And you're telling them that they aren't good enough by doing that. So it's the opposite of what you're doing. You're literally saying you're not good enough. So we are changing it. Like that's not what a child needs from the person they love the most, like a more of a, um, a lack of self-worth. What they do need is they need gamification, they need fun, they need rewards, and they need to feel like it's um, part of the family doing it together. And I think that's a big thing. So some of it comes with education. It doesn't mean kids can't have some lollies. That's completely fine. But what I do like is like step challenges, right? I, I really love step challenges for kids who aren't as active as what they could be. So I have done it in the past with like Fitbits with parents. They all have a Fitbit on, you know, they're about 40, 50 bucks each. And they try and who can do the most steps in the kids this week. And they'll challenge each other. And there's a reward for whoever does the most steps. And the kids are running around doing steps. Um, but also Lego now, I don't know if you know, Jace, um, a couple of clients in the gym, Lego have these bands with steps. And the more you do the steps, um, it unlocks these new Lego um, builds it's like part of Lego Masters. So you can do more Lego builds the more you do these oh, steps shit. and you can get these new Lego blocks delivered to your house. So it's like they've gamified getting kids active and using their mind to build creative mm. Lego um, by unlocking the steps. And like the family does it inside the gym, like the parents are trying to unlock it, the kids are trying to unlock it. It's, it's created this like real fun activity around steps and unlocking achievements. So then, then they can build Lego together, which creates full circle, even more family fun. Mm, that's awesome. I really, really like that. And there are more companies that are doing that kind of stuff. Um, not Again, it's not about shaming. And as Trav said, it's not about having them try to make them feel that they're not good enough as they are, which if you tell them that they need to change, um, that is kind of what they'll feel. That's naturally, it's like, you're telling me that I'm not good enough as I am. Um, I happen to be, you know, overweight or happen to be not as active. It's like, oh, why are you playing? And this is something I got a lot when I was younger because I, I was a video game kid, right? Um, I, was, I was playing PlayStation. I was playing computer games. I played World of Warcraft for a very much too much, too much, too much of my life. Um, and yeah, I was very like less than active. Um, and then whenever it was brought up, I would kind of feel shame and guilt and then just want to kind of retreat into that. But I think a big thing as kind of a bigger conversation and a bigger topic is teaching kids awareness and emotional resilience and emotional awareness and emotional intelligence to know a couple of things. Number one, when you're full, how you feel after eating shitty food because for a lot of us, we don't feel good after eating a bag of chips. You don't feel good after eating a pizza and a bunch of garlic bread. You feel stuffed, you feel sluggish, you feel low on energy. But you can't keep fucking doing it again and again and again because it's like an escape or it's a, it's a comfort thing. And because you haven't learned how to necessarily comfort yourself or uh, deal with those emotions or be aware of, hey, yes, I'm having this food, but I'm going to stop when I'm done, uh, when I feel a bit full. And having those regular check-ins is just kind of shoveling it in. No wonder you feel like shit. 
and kids will model that behavior, especially if they feel like crap. If they don't have an avenue, whether it's to to talk to you or again, getting that out through physical activity or something else, they're gonna usually turn to food because it's the easy thing and it's the thing they've seen mum and dad do time and time again. Um, so we've got to teach them emotional awareness and emotional regulation. It also comes down to those things that you teach them early on. Oh, clean your plate, make sure you eat everything. Um, I tell all the dads uh, that I coach, it's like, oh, I, I just pick stuff off my kid's plate. It's like, all right, well, it either goes to waste or it goes to your waste. Who fucking cares? It's it's food. You're not throwing away non-biodegradable plastic. You know, it's food. It's probably going to get eaten by a fucking seagull at the uh, at the tip or whatever. Um, if that or if you feel really bad about it, buy a fucking compost bin and then it all, it all like get some chickens. Like Trav, it feeds the chooks. But regardless... People, you've got to teach them to listen to their bodies and not try and force them to eat when they're not hungry, right? And there's always the cheeky kids that'll, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not hungry for my broccoli, oh, but I'm hungry for cake. And then it's just about helping them understand. It's like, you know, you know, broccoli helps you feel good. You know, sometimes when your tummy's really upset, broccoli is one of those things that will help you, you know, go to the bathroom better and it won't hurt your bum. You know, obviously, there's detailed conversations in there, but be, helping them be aware of like what are the the benefits of these foods. Even if it's not, hey, you don't have to eat, like you might not have to eat all of it, but as long as we're getting a balance and we're not having, you know, cake and chocolate and candy and ice cream. And so you kind of give them, once they have that awareness, they can then have a bit of free reign. But the problem is that parents don't have the self-control, so they don't teach the kids to have self-control. It's not even about self-control. It's just about knowing when you're done. It's like, I don't need to have a whole fucking bag of lollies. That'll make me feel like shit. Exactly, mate. And I think... The more you understand yourself and increase your own nutrition IQ and understand how to com- communicate with your children, the more mm-hmm. their nutrition IQ will increase on a base level without you even realizing it. Like, you know, Jackson and Finn understand, you know, protein is the building blocks of their muscles, right? So like Finn loves eggs for breakfast, like so does Jax, um, because they love protein because they're like, oh, I want to get strong and I want to get be great at my sport and I want to do this and I want to feel good because protein gives us good energy. So they make sure they have protein in the mornings. They enjoy their sandwiches or wraps or whatever it is at lunchtime. They know that they have protein with dinner every single night. So they, they understand that. They also understand that like fruit's important because like fruit makes us healthy. Protein makes us strong. Fruit and vegetables make us healthy. So you want to be healthy. Um, so this is how we sort of communicate with them. It's like carbohydrates are good. That carbohydrates give us energy so we can do the sports. And then when we look at sweets, they understand it's like, if I don't eat my food that makes me strong and healthy, then I can't have sweets. Like you, you don't, you don't get the the you know cherry on top unless you eat the, the other stuff first. So, and they also know, oh, if I had a a, a, tr- a treat today, like I had ice cream during the day, you're not going to have ice cream after you have dinner. It's like you know they, they won't ask because it's like you don't have ice cream with every meal. You, you, you have a treat once a day. If you had a chocolate bar, you mm. don't get ice cream tonight. If you had an, an ice cream when we were out, you don't ask for ice cream after your dinner. Like you had that part of, of for the day and now we can have that again tomorrow if you like. And I'm not under the impression that kids should only have ice cream once a week and it must be from um, natural goat's milk or anything crazy like the kids right i'm not i'm not giving my kids like carob chocolate like i'm allowing my child to be a child and enjoy but i'm also helping my child understand moderation right i I think that's a big thing that they understand Mm. moderation you don't get home and you have like 700 cookies and then you have dinner you don't barely even eat dinner because you're not hungry inverted commas um and then i want ice cream now, I've had these conversations as my kids have grown up and there's been some tantrums around it, but they understand now because you can't falter. And also, I don't go and eat you know, a packet of Tim Tams, then donate my dinner and then have a, a tub of ice cream. So again, you know, what's good for them needs to be good for you. How they have to deal with their emotions, we don't do it by eating. Um, we do it in a healthy way. So the same as you, what's good for them is good for you. So you don't do it with alcohol because that's how they're learning as well. Um, you actually deal with your emotions, have your own ways to have emotional regulations. But I think educating them in a way where you're not telling them, okay, we must stay under our calories, proteins, there's four grams of protein for every gram and there's you know four calories for every gram of protein, sorry, and there's, this is what fats are. It's like, it's not trying to make them little um, like scientists and help them be super... Uh, articulated with all the nuances but it's giving them a very macro landscape of what a healthy nutrition diet looks like and where the moderation comes in and how we all have moderation inside our life because that's what is that's what makes life great if we only ever had ice cream we would not like ice cream anymore 
there will become a point where you just don't like it. Mm. So we have it because, you know, we want to enjoy it when we do have it. Mm. I think that's a big one is enjoyment. Like, and I tell this to guys all the time. If you're going to do something, choose it, do it and enjoy it. Don't like guilt snack in the corner with the cookies and eat three at once and then you don't even barely even fucking chew them. It's like, it, it, for me, it's like if I'm going to have takeaway or if I'm going to have a treat, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it, right? And I wouldn't even use the language of a um, of a treat. I'll just use, you know, um, so, you know there's, there's sometimes foods, there's, you know, th- those kind of things. And you're never going to get it right as a, you know, as a parent. You're never going to get everything 100% right. All oh, the language that we have to use, we can't use this, 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 and this. It's like everyone's parenting style is going to be different as well. And a big yeah. thing for um, even for, uh, you know, a lot of families is you're not going to be able to control their food environment forever. They're going to go to parties and there's going to be lolly bags. There's going to be families out there that will have, you know, burger rings and Doritos and a big thing of lollies and every kid's going to get a lolly bag with, you know, chocolates in it and that kind of stuff. And if they've been art- if they've been restricted from all that sort of stuff and you've been like, unless they've chosen like, oh, mom, I don't really, you know, like chocolate that much. It upsets my stomach or I don't really like having ice cream all the time because, you know, it, it means I don't get to have as much dinner because I feel too full and then I feel sick or whatever, um, you know. If they have that kind of mentality, awesome. And that's something that you can foster. But if they've been restricting, like, no, you're not allowed chocolate ever. It's a bad food and it's naughty for you. And, and, and ice cream's bad. And it'll make you fat and whatever. Uh, they don't care, especially when they, they don't care about that. They're going to go to one of these parties and they're going to binge and they're just going to go nuts on it. And you're never going to really remove that relationship with this is like, it's the, it's the forbidden fruit, right? Forbidden fruit syndrome is a real thing where, and this is a problem with restrictive diets for, for adults. If you go in saying, I'm not allowed this, this, and this, all you're thinking about is I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this, right? Like this, and this is why you want to structure, you know, there's difference between meals and snacks. It's like, all right, if I'm having a meal and this is something I want to teach Emmy as she gets older, um, if I'm having a meal, what does a meal consist of? A meal consists of a source of protein, source of veggies or fruits, and a source of carbs and a source of fat. And it's like it's it's usually a mix of those. That is what consists of a meal. And we sit down, we have the meal, and that's what we have at you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Those are the those are meals, right? If we were going to have a, a snack or a dessert or a, um, or a treat or a little you know something extra, it could be. It doesn't have to be those things. Um, but th- we're focusing on what we do have as opposed to what we don't have which is what the restrictive diets do. No, we can't have this at dinner. We can't have that at dinner. We can't have that at dinner. It's like, can we have ice cream for dinner? Like, well, is ice cream protein? Does ice cream have veggies in it? I mean, yeah, if you've got the disgusting, you know, oh, what about a strawberry sorbet with uh, with protein powder on top? Um, all right, all right, creative. But uh, if she comes to me with that idea, uh, I'll, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to her. I was like, all right, you can have yeah, this we, once if, because she, you're if clever. If she turns through <laughs> and she asks us, if she turns through and starts asking for that, it's like, I'll give you that. It's like, you, you've gone out of the box. If yeah. you're still that young, I'll give you that. Well done. <laughs> well done. You, 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 you did tick the boxes. I left, I left the parameters open and you, uh, you, you ticked all the boxes. Um, yep. I might put some psyllium husk in there for some fiber for you, but <laughs> you probably won't enjoy it anymore. That'll ruin the ice cream for you. Um, but that's like focusing on what you do. And this is good, great for adults too. Focusing on what you do add in as opposed to, oh, what do we can't have? What are all the restrictions? Like everyone who's had a fucking toddler knows. You keep telling them no. Like we have this phase with Emmy right now where um, whenever we look, whenever she's doing something she's not meant to, we go, ah, ah, ah. And she'll just look at us and smile and go, ah, 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 and then do it anyway. Like she doesn't even care. Um, so the more you try to focus on what not to do, the more the kids are probably just going to want to do it. So um, all of that to say, stop focusing on the restriction artificially. Allow them to have it and just help them be aware. It's like, Ooh, how are you feeling? Oh, you feeling a bit tired? You feeling like a bit low energy, a bit crashed? Do you think it might have been because of the, you know, the the big meal that you had before with all the extra stuff and all the extra, um, extra food? Yeah, those foods do that sometimes. That's why there are sometimes food, uh, because they they can make you feel a little bit like that and make your tummy a bit upset and make you feel a bit full. All right, cool, good to know. Yeah, just good to be aware of, right? And just just not putting pressure around it. I think. There's a lot of pressure around food and around fitness and that kind of stuff lately from for kids especially. Um, but just I think a biggest the biggest thing is if you can eat to hunger and if you can eat to awareness, be like know how your body feels after you eat certain foods, then you just make your decisions from that place and from a place of choice and enjoyment, not just scoffing it down because you never get it. Um, knowing it's like, hey, it's abundant. We can go to the shops at any point in time and get another thing of ice cream. It's it's you know we live in a very fortunate society, so it's not something that has to be you know, scoffed down and, 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 you know, smashed a whole bunch of the, the second you're allowed it. Completely agree, mate. I, I think it's just trying to add it where you can into the daily life, right? Like I have, 
we're, we're fortunate we have our own play equipment here um, for the kids. You know, we play basketball most days where we go down and shoot hoops out the front of the house. So we, we get active and then we jump on the trampoline. You can still jump together. Hopefully, you know, you can work on yourself as a dad to be able to jump on the trampoline and not break it. Um, then you can do, like we do pull-ups, right? They do the monkey bars and it's like, oh, how many pull-ups we can do today? And the boys will do a couple of pull-ups every day and I'll sort of spot them a little bit because I'll do some pull-ups and they want to be like dad. So I think the more you can sort of model it into daily life, like it's not doing just workouts with kids, right? That's not it. But it's like having mm. fun activities that are fitness in daily life and then you can add some structure to it. Like, you know, we do the training with the boys or you can do like a steps challenge. Once once a month, you do a steps challenge with the, um, with the kids. Like who can do the most steps this week? And Jackson still talks about now the day he beat me in steps last year when we were doing a little step challenge together because they have it on their watches, their, their steps. So it's like, the kids remember this Was that stuff. the day you had your appendix out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he always remembers <laughs> Beat you, Dad. You can't even walk yet. I know. He remembers <laughs> when he beats me at FIFA, when he beats me in steps, when he beats me in anything. Um, he beat me in basketball and I, I had to, um, like in just some free throws, I don't know how he did this day, but then I had to buy him a bunch of Pokemon cards because I bet him. Um, but <laughs> I, we, we had fun, right? Like, I, I think the biggest thing, exactly. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, he loves it. And, and like, so does Finn, like he loves it. And they, they haven't loved it because I've told them to love it. Like you can't make a kid love something. They love it because we've made it fun and it's a part of their daily life. And it's something they look forward to. If I ever say to them, let's go play basketball, like they'll stop playing a switch, which they absolutely love, to then go play basketball with their dad. They'll literally throw it on the ground and like run out the door because they love it so much to spend time with me and have fun and, you know, like just be out and active together. I think that's a big thing, guys. So make it fun, make it active, make it daily where you can, you know, get on the ground, do 10 push-ups with your kids, make that a daily thing. We do 10 push-ups before we go to bed each night. Um, like... You know, kids need to develop strength, like because I see so many kids later on in life, and even in the gym when in their like teens and inside their twenties, and they can't do a push up, right? Like they, they can't push their body weight or they can't do a squat properly because they don't have the coordination, um, because their muscles aren't firing correctly. So like, get your tick ears, like get them actually developing some muscles with some squats or with some push ups or with some sit ups, and if they can start to develop that. Um, brain, central nervous system, muscle, muscle fires back to your nervous system. If they can get the, that firing fast and the right muscles actually coordinating properly, you're going to actually build a confident and coordinated adult as well, which is also important, as you know. So I think those are some great things for us to incorporate. I think a big thing that we're going to talk, talk about today, Jace, also is um, like traveling. Like how to, like, if you're going away, like one, how do you still stick to your nutrition and your training plan or how do you adapt it um, and balancing it all together, I think. And you could be traveling with kids and doing it, or you could be just traveling by yourself. And I think that's a big thing um, that can, can be a struggle. And we won't go too much into this today, but we'll go enough so you have a good idea on how to do it. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's something that's coming up. Um, next week, I'm going to be going down south with uh, my wife uh, and her parents and our daughter, which is going to be awesome. Um, we're going to be you know traveling down and staying in a caravan park. There are people who travel for work. There's obviously guys who, who work with us at uh, FIFO, so they fly in, fly out. Uh, there are guys who just have to travel around a lot for work. And there's the biggest thing when it comes to, the, I would say the two key things to look at when it comes to traveling is your steps and your food. Right. If you can just have control over those two things, then traveling stops becoming an issue. So rather than because a lot of guys will tell me, oh, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I might have to do some bodyweight sessions in my hotel and, and do some push ups and stuff. like you are far more concerned with muscle loss than it is actually happening. Right. Like if you stop training for four to six weeks, you might start to see some appreciable muscle loss, uh, potentially even longer than that. You'll definitely see some strength loss, but that'll come back within a week or two. But a lot of guys are really concerned with, oh, I'm going to lose like muscle. I've got to do workouts. Workouts are the thing. It's like, no, your fucking daily steps are the thing, right? Workouts are great for helping you maintain muscle mass, helping you you know rev the engine a little bit more. But you want to look at what is your idling speed of your car because that's the thing that's burning the calories. That's the thing that's that's burning the energy. So you've got to make a couple of decisions. Number one, so like I went to Singapore uh, in November with uh, with with Imi and with with my wife. It was great. Um, during that time, I set myself a, like my parameters were, I'm just going to 
eat to hunger, eat to uh, a little bit of enjoyment, make sure I try and get some protein in, but I'm not going to try and eat to fat loss. I'm not going to try and like, you know, I'm not trying to eat to any specific goal. And also because we were in Singapore, everything's like public transport. We're walking around a hell of a lot and it was freaking hundred percent humidity. So I sweated my box off. Um, but you set the parameters around your travel. If you're traveling for a holiday, Set the goal to be cool. My goal is to maintain during this time. And then from where you're at, you bump up your calories a little bit. Maybe the week before you take a look at, all right, well, what is a couple of days of eating at 2,200 or 2,300 calories look like? Because the problem is most people will go away uh, and they'll just you know, eat a shit ton or they'll just keep ordering Uber Eats because their hotel doesn't have a kitchenette. So they order the shittiest food available on Uber Eats. But if you can manage your, first of all, your goal, all right, am I going to maintain? Am I going to try to continue to cut here? If you've got to travel constantly for work, my recommendation is to continue to try and drop fat if that's your goal. Because if you travel every other week, it's like, well, fuck, you're just going to spend twice as long trying to get the fat loss result. And then it's going to be hard to mentally get back into it. So keep track of your food, keep track of your protein. If you've got a kitchenette, uh, have your high protein options available, bring protein powder with you, uh, low fat Greek yogurt, you know, those two things mixed together in the morning, have like a protein pudding. That's your breakfast every single day. It, it's about keeping it simple when it comes to your food. If you have to eat out and you're you know, doing conferences and lunches and dinners and that kind of stuff, you know, you have one dinner where you have a slightly bigger one. Let's say you're going to a steakhouse for dinner. All right, well then at lunch, I'm going to have the fucking chicken salad. Because I know I'm going to be having friggin' steak and potentially some chips and maybe a glass of red wine. All of that can still fit in a fat loss plan. And then in between, your goal, get as many steps in as you can. Just go for walks around the block. Be as active as you possibly can within those constraints. Those are probably my big things. It's the number one, controlling your food. Number two, setting your intention. Am I going to be, is it a holiday where I'm just going to be maintaining? Like for this holiday where I'm going down south, we're going to be walking around a lot, going to the beach, all that kind of stuff. I'm probably going to continue, try, I'm probably going to eat less than I am now and try and move a bit more um, because I can't be fucked being in the, in the kitchen all day trying to cook stuff down there. I'm just going to be eating less. I'm going to use it almost as like a bit of a cardio shred thing. I'm going to go for, you know, beach runs and do that kind of stuff and play, you know, play with my daughter, go for snorkels, just being generally active um, and, and just try not to go. You know, we're not going to be going out to fancy restaurants and that kind of stuff. Just keeping it simple, steak and salad for dinner. Like I had a client who was traveling around Australia in his caravan. He lost like 10, 15 kilos. Sham, he had an amazing transformation by just doing that. So those are probably my big things is focusing on steps and incidental movement and hikes and having fun and being active with the family as we've kind of talked about at length on this podcast. And uh, then you're just controlling your food because you have far more control over your food than you think you do. Even if it's Uber Eats, get Subway, get Nando's, get a chicken burger from McDonald's, right? 500 calories, 20, 30 grams of protein. Cool. Just don't get fucking chips and a Coke with it. Man, I completely agree. I think it comes down to identity as well, Jason. It's like when people see health as a short-term mm. thing to a to a um, end result, what happens is they go on holidays. So let's just talk about holidays, not FIFO right now. But they're like, oh, I can't wait to, I'm not going to yeah. train. I'm going to blow out. It's like, well, if you're, let's look at the best version of you. Does the best version of you not do anything, sit by a pool, just drink margaritas all day long and have burgers every meal? Like, no, like, that's not what the healthiest version of you does. I'm not saying you have to track your macros, your calories, and make sure you leave your family and train every day in the gym. Like that's not what we're saying either. We're saying, well, you know, it's it's still making healthy choices. It doesn't mean you can't go out and enjoy yourself, but you know, do you want to feel like crap the next day? Well, you know, if you're away for seven days and you're going to Bali, it's probably not sinking 20 bintangs a day whilst you're laying by the pool, putting your kids in the kids club and not moving from the pool, right? Like it's still getting out, walking, being active, going, climbing up Mount Batua, like going surfing with your kids or learn how to surf with your kids. Like look at the daily healthy activities you can do that's going to get you out and moving together. And then go, oh, I'm going to have a couple of drinks this day. Oh, I'm going to have a couple of drinks that day. You don't have to like get wasted every single day because it's a holiday like you want to create experience where you remember the holiday as well um so i think that it's it's more of an identity shift that people and for the longevity of your health you need to try and create and then also like it's going well if i know i'm going to have a big dinner i will have a slightly smaller lunch and I'm not going to have 17 just because it's a buffet. That doesn't mean you need to eat all of the buffet, right? Like it, it, it's, it's okay. Like you don't need to have all of the buffet. Um, so it's just like scheduling that out going, okay, well, I'm going to go out for lunch and have a bigger lunch day. Okay, we have a smaller dinner and you still have a smaller breakfast. Or we're going to be super busy today. Or I'm going to have a bigger breakfast. And so, so it's being fluid with your nutrition while you're away. Still making protein primary. 
if you don't track anything, then I sort of just limit the carbohydrate intake slightly, right? I, I lean towards more protein if I'm away purely because it's an easier way for me, one, to not feel sluggish, two, to make sure that my overall calories don't blow out as well. And I think that's my observation and how I do it when I'm away. And I always look at activities, like we're away this weekend for the long weekend. And again, being fit as a family is an identity that we have. So we looked up, okay, we're going away for our, our my niece's birthday. We're up in Launceston. Okay, well, let's look at Launceston Park Run. The boys are excited to do a different park run. Kids are excited to wake up on a Saturday morning <laughs> at AM to go run five kilometers because it's a different park run to what they're doing, right? We looked at like a hike to yeah. do as a family up one of the mountains. Like I, I think, again, and that's the identity that they're creating. So you look at activities that you can create with them to do with them that they're going to enjoy, but they only enjoy them because that's part of their identity that you've helped create. I think that's such a cool thing, right? It is, man. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's something that my wife and I were doing um, before we had Emmy and something that we do want to continue to do is we, when we would go away, we would find cool walks and hikes and stuff to do and be like, oh, what's this? There's like this walking trail or this hiking trail that we can do, um, you know, whether it's, you know, down south or when we're on a honeymoon in like Esperance and that kind of stuff. Um, but just like finding stuff like that to do is like, oh, there's like, because there's heaps of walking trails around the place and heaps of places you can go that's just like, you know, 20, 30 minutes away. It's like, oh, we're going to hike into the top of this this hill or this mountain or this waterfall or whatever is um, and, and and just, you know, for the, the enjoyment of it and for the view and for the nature and just getting out and doing stuff again as a family, um, it, it does create a better result. Like I saw or a guy when we were in Singapore, we would take Imi to the um, the, like the kids' pool every day. With like it had all the little like sprinklers and everything like that. She absolutely loved it. And there was a dad I saw who was like he had um, like just one of his kids was like playing in the pool basically by himself, and his dad was on his phone just like drinking beers. It was like it was like ten o'clock in the morning. I was just like. I don't. I just can't. I can't fathom that. And there are some people that yes enjoy that that lifestyle. It's like oh, I need it to uh, to unwind. First of all, I call bullshit on that. You don't need fucking alcohol to unwind. You just have a shitty way of dealing with stress. You have a shitty way of dealing with um, you know long hours at work or whatever. So you got to work on that, right? Because alcohol is probably the fastest thing, the biggest thing that is killing you consistently over the long term, right? It's damaging your liver. It's affecting your sleep. It's affecting your mood, right? You, I've seen it says like alcohol is like borrowing happiness from tomorrow because <laughs> you end up waking up feeling like shit the next day and then you just got to keep on doing the cycle over and over again. Um, look, if that's the way you want to it and you really like, if you really ask yourself, I want to sit here and get pissed every single day when I'm on holiday with my family, all right, you're probably not listening to this podcast at this point, or you probably heard that and just now you're going to shut it off, which is probably fair enough because we know you're not going to like what we have to say on the rest of the podcasts too. But that that is something that you've got to come to, to grips with for yourself. It's like it's not every holiday, not every trip has to be a drinking trip where you're just, yes. that is the focus. Nothing wrong with a glass of red wine or two or a beer or two. Like, yeah, it's, it's hot. Definitely might have a beer with lunch when it comes to being in Bali because it's uh, usually the bintangs are colder than the water uh, and they're usually more uh, more sanitized. Um, but it's 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 all about context, right? And again, coming coming back to ch- like uh, coming back to choices and choosing, are you choosing to have that kind of an uh, uh, you know that kind of experience? Are you choosing to have that beer or are you just doing it because it's by default? Are you choosing to have a boozy weekend or a boozy uh, holiday just because that's the way that things are and that's the way that you've always done them. So make your choice based on all the information, not just, oh, I really want to drink because you know drinking feels nice in the moment. Think about the fuller context of why you're doing these things. So um, that's a big one, I think, for me on holidays as well. Just bring present with what do you actually want to do, not over-scheduling like, oh, we're going to do a hike every single day. We're going to get up at 5 a.m. and do stuff. Like You still want it to be obviously relaxing, but you want to do activities and active stuff together with a family. Do the, you know, whatever physical thing, walking around like the the zoo or the, the flower parks or whatever, whatever is going to be happening for you. And even if it is meant to be a bit more of a relaxing one, um, just making sure you get a little bit of movement in each day, whether you just go for a walk, uh, you know, up to the beach or around the block or somewhere new you haven't been before, getting that activity in, absolutely awesome. Uh, the second thing that you want to do is just control your food, right? And just, just not blow out. As Trav was saying, focusing on just getting, especially if you are eating out a lot, just focusing on protein, focusing on, all right, well, what is the, what you know, are we going to be having a bigger lunch or a bigger dinner? Um, one way that I like to do it is if breakfast is included, wherever you, are, you happen to be staying, um, then, you know, you have a decent breakfast, smaller lunch and a decent dinner. And then that way you, it's like, you know, usually you're not that hungry by lunchtime because you've had a, a bigger breakfast with a bit more protein, a bit more eggs, 
eggs, maybe some lean bacon, whatever. Um, you know, you can always, if you've got an omelet station, ask for an egg white omelet. They usually taste pretty bloody good and they're a hell of a lot higher in protein than a full egg omelet and less fat. So always a, a little hack if you've got that. If you don't have breakfast included, I tend to do intermittent fasting, right? I'll usually just not eat uh, or have a protein shake or something up until lunch, right? And then I'll eat a bigger lunch and a bigger dinner. You get away with two bigger meals because you're not having breakfast and you're doing a little bit more movement. So by by having a plan in place and just, just thinking about it, like you don't have to schedule everything in, but just, by just thinking about it ahead of time and thinking about what, like, what am I actually going to be doing on this holiday? What do I want to do? What is the purpose of it? Then, you know, you end up with, with a far better plan than if you just try and wing it. Um, but yeah, it always comes back down to what is your goal at the moment? It might be to maintain, because that'll be an example of what your normal life will be like to a degree, right? When you finish fat loss and you're kind of happy with where your body's at and you're like, cool, I don't need to try and lose any more fat. I'm pretty happy with my body fat levels that holiday will be an example of what life is like. So it's like, it's not going to be drinking a shit ton of beers and having onion rings and chips and wings with every single meal. It's going to be a bit more measured. You can have a bit more food, but it doesn't have to be crazy. So um, I think a big theme of this podcast is number one, don't put too much pressure on your family or your kids to always have to get involved and lead instead by example and and lead with your identity, with who you are. And, and as a result of who you become, that will help your family, you know, identify that and say, oh, this is who dad is. If I want to be like dad or if I want to be like mom or if I want to be like the family, this is what we do. And as Trav was saying, they want to spend time with you. They don't want to sit there playing the games. I know I didn't when I was younger. I wanted to go out and play sport and kick the ball around. Eventually it got to the point where I was just, you know, too bad at it to to make it work. But the biggest thing for me was like, I would have dropped that if I was going out and playing basketball or tennis or something with my dad and going out and do that, but that wasn't the option. That wasn't there. So I didn't. So I wanted it to be kind of a, a, a you know, something for all the dads out there. It's like, but like your kids will want to do it once you create that habit and you're having fun with it and it's not forced, they will enjoy the shit out of it. So, you know, have that become your new identity and you'll lead by example. Um, and the second thing, obviously, with the holidays and everything like that, just be aware of what you're choosing and why you're choosing it. And, um, and yeah, just be present with yourself and realize why you're making the decisions that you are. So there's a lot in this podcast, a lot around family, a lot around balancing your family and balancing your fitness. If you need a hand, uh, either up-leveling your nutrition IQ or uh, getting a better plan in place for your tracking for your food, um, make sure you, Emmy uh, wants to say hi. Uh, she doesn't want to go to bed. Uh, make you hit us up at uh, fit-dad.club you can book in a call we can have a chat about where you're at right now and where you want to be and then we can we can go from there and we can see if we can help you um, you know create that lifestyle balance uh, we've had a number of guys recently finish up the program um, with great lifestyle balance one of our guys david uh, just lost he's about lost about seven kilos so far and he's uh, he's allocated some drinks on the weekend because he works for a, he works for a wine company. He's sampling wine. He's going out to lunch. He's doing that kind of stuff. But he's doing that within a plan that allows him to still lose the weight. Um, same thing. Shout out to one of my guys, Tristan, who um, is finishing up soon. Uh, he's gone from you know a bit pudgy. I'm not, not really happy with where he's at to the fittest he's been in years. Plus, he's got his like four pack, almost six pack coming through as well. And he wasn't strictly tracking every single thing he was doing. He's just focusing on the steps, focusing on eating good food, and the results came. So hopefully uh, you got something out of this podcast. Share it with someone who might be struggling with this kind of stuff. Share it with a dad. Uh, reach out to us on social media. Let us know if you have any questions, if you have anything that you'd love us to cover, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat to you another day. So until then, peace out and stay fit, dads.